Hey, I'm Steph Farrar. And I'm Sam Farrar. And this is a job fair podcast. A job cast. Where you shop for work. <laughs> it's work shopping. Recording is like the same thing as um, the feeling that you get when someone has a camera and they're taking pictures. You know how you get awkward, real awkward yeah. when someone has a camera like in the room. It's the same with recording. Like you can be talking normal and then all of a sudden you somebody hits record and it's like your whole, uh, I think it's less with recording. Maybe it's because you and I are no, more I think, comfortable I think being in a studio. No, I think it's the opposite. I think red, the red light, I call it the red light button. The rec- Yeah, I guess. Oh, that's right. You do call that that. Yeah. I feel like I always play better, sing better, everything better when I'm not recording. When you're not recording. Yeah. And you think photographs look better of you when you're not posing? No, you're good. You're a good poser. No, I don't. I don't personally, I don't think I am. Really? No, because I, I think I can see. I can see myself posing. Like I can see thing something change. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that. How do you? How do you come across as authentic? Yeah, I mean, there's only a handful of people that I know that can really do that. You know, that are just themselves no matter what situation. Even with a camera. I don't yeah. know if I believe that. Like for anybody. I've actually been listening to this podcast. It's incredible that Roxanne posted about called Under the Influence. And it it's basically about like mommy influencers mm-hmm. um, or like lifestyle influencers, which are obviously mainly women. And like the last episode is about being authentic as a blogger or as an influencer and how the word authentic just in general is just like bullshit it's like organic it's like organic yeah (laughs) the word authentic is like so we want you to be like brands will they'll pay you if you're an authentic version of yourself you know or you take pictures of your family and your children and your food and your clothes and your you know white sheets and white bedroom all that stuff but like you know they want it to be authentic, but not all the crappy stuff. Like they don't want to see the shit under your fingernails so when you're authentically one hundredth of your life, basically. Like, but like these women make, and men, but mainly women. Like I said, they make so much money, yeah. which is great. It's great to that women. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but like, it's just because I've been listening today. It's great that these women have like you know monetized being stay at home mothers Mm -hmm. which is lonely and depressing and you know we crave connection when you're stuck at home with kids so yeah it's great that they've been able to monetize it but then it's like the line how hard is is it to keep it up yeah i think it'd be so hard to keep up i can't even post consistent pictures of you know my food which i thoroughly enjoy anyway so ladies and gentlemen today our guest is emmy award winner Sam Farrar. <laughs> and chef, superstar, organizing, extreme podcaster, mm-hmm. singing, organizing, uh, podcaster. I should, just, I should do all that at the same time. Yeah. You should, oh, you should sing. Sing podcast. While cooking and podcast about <laughs> it and then organize, the, organize it as you're going. <laughs> Actually, you are not organized when you cook. It's funny. I just made such a mess in the kitchen. Yeah. I used every single pot. It's so funny. Like I try to, when I'm cooking for the kids, I try to get everything done in one pot, if Which possible. Which is really smart. I don't know why. That's like probably the one place where I'm like really free about. about Which is great. Like it's, I guess it's like maybe my form of, of my artistic expression. Sure. Like that, you know how most artists, when they're making something, it's pretty messy usually. Yeah, I think you have to be willing to make a mess in order to create something great. And I'm not that way in any other way in my life. Like, I have to have the bed made and folded laundry has to be put up. But I think that's all part of it for you. What do you mean? I know know it's the opposite for cooking, but I'm just saying I think you don't function well if things aren't clean and organized, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could get to the, we could go real deep and I could, I think I could start to chisel away at, at why I think I'm like that. A little nature, a little nurture. Mm-hmm. But I do like the idea of talking tonight about about creativity. 
just in general, which is a very big word. Yeah, that covers a lot of ground. Do you want to just skip the whole, like, what do you want to be when you were a kid thing? Oh, did you want me to actually interview <laughs> <I'm just> you? <laughs> what did you want to be when you were a kid, Sam? Actually, what did you want to, what was the, now that we've interviewed quite a few people and we've, it is kind of interesting to Talk back up way, and, yeah. and sort of ask you, do you recall like the, your first dream? Uh, probably, maybe an architect is probably the first thing I could think. But like when you're a little boy, you're like, I'm going to be an architect, <laughs> you know? Well, I really liked Lego and building mm. things, you know, I know it sounds strange, but I definitely thought I was going to do something, I don't know, along those lines, I guess. Yeah. Construction of ideas. But I don't know. I, I can't, I honestly, I can't remember anymore. Really? I don't, I don't have many memories of when I was really little. But like Vesper's but, age, let's say. Yeah. I thought, I thought I was going to go into something like visual mm-hmm. in some way. I really liked art, drawing, you know, structures, things like that. And you've been, it's what's so cool about that young dream is like, as an adult, you've really found a, a new ability to like have an idea, design something, and then actually build it. How's, I mean, like furniture. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. No, I, I definitely have like made sure that we had some sort of place to build things in, mm-hmm. this, in the house that we just moved into. Yeah. Because it's, it's an important part of me, I think. What did you want to be when you were a kid? When I was young, yeah. young. You know, I think... I was so active really young. Like I was always involved in sports, like from really young. Mm. So I think, you know, I was a gymnast when I was when I was a young girl, which is why I never got boobs and I have these super <laughs> strong muscular arms. Fantastic shoulders. <laughs> um so I was a gymnast really young and I think I wanted to be probably Mary Lou Retton. I wanted to be like she was oh. my 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 idol growing up and then like as a young girl and then um so I thought I wanted to be an athlete because I also got too tall too young to continue being a gymnast it's strange how tall they look on Uh, tv and then you meet one you're like oh they're they're actually very very petite petite. yeah strong as hell but very petite so strong I got spooked, though, in gymnastics really young. I mean, first of all, my gymnastics coach, as I've told you before, was in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's not a good start. His name was Blue. (laughs) He was in a wheelchair, and he opened this gym. It was amazing, actually. Like, he opened a gym. He was a phenomenal gymnast as a child and had an injury. What kind of injury? A gymnastics injury. Do you know what he was doing, though? Like, what? I don't remember. I, I think it had something to do with, uh, uh, I think he broke his neck and his spine, probably landed on the back of his neck. It's not very inspiring to it run was really, a, I mean, yeah. I guess it's amazing to, to watch someone power through it and want to you know, not run away from the thing that ruined, possibly ruined their totally. body, you know, but, right. um, but still, that's got to be a little weird to be a gymnast. Well, it's that, still, so. It was still his dream, you know, so he just like he was able to, to, to sort of yeah, pivot and give that. Oh, God, oh, he just said pivot. Word, I'm sorry. <laughs> but he was able to give that dream away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, so gymnast and then um, put me on stage in any way, shape or form. Performer, yeah. Yeah. We've spoken to a few people that have had that thing, that, that just the need from a very early age to entertain I know. Well, I think there's something within a lot of people. I think when you're a kid, like you're the center of your own universe. Yes, that's true. And the ability to think outside of yourself when you're young is um, not easily learned. And I think some people (laughs) never grow out of that and learn to empathize and think of others, you know? What age do you think that that switches? Like at what point are you supposed to be like, okay, I need to start paying attention to the outside world yeah. It's, it's harmless for a long time and it's attractive and beautiful and like the the way the children look at the world mm-hmm. you know, I and mean, they just don't see anything bad it's they like just totally vulnerable you know, and honest um but then at a certain point that that same part of them that starts to let their mm-hmm. you know self-centeredness whatever yeah like that sort of dissolves and makes way for the pain and craziness of the world of the world <laughs> yeah and then you're right but though some people just never develop that 
I mean, I used to think that, uh, and I share this in AA meetings all the time, and people identify with this, that I used to think in my bedroom that, you know, there was my own little Truman show happening in Mm -hmm. my bedroom, that there were cameras in the walls. I was the protagonist lead character in like a very successful television show. I shit you not. And like, when I have shared that, there are plenty of people in those rooms who are like nodding. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. Me too. You know, it's just that that self-centeredness that it's one of those things we, uh, I think, we all probably have felt at some point. But yeah. probably with puberty. Then you had to start. You start yeah. to get checked by peers. I think uh, the nature of gossip and shit talking and just knowledge, like you were saying, of other people talking about you, Mm -hmm. thinking about you, makes you potentially think about other people more, judge and criticize them more, which is kind of a pretentious way of living, but it's also a way to keep like a society in check, you know? Anyway. Oh yeah, that was the gossip thing was in that book that we- Sapiens. Sapiens, right? Yeah, they talked about that, uh, like a necessary part of development. primal sort of societal evolution. Like it's way the way like societies move forward. Yeah. <laughs> so after um, Architect, you got scooped up by the uh, the music bug. Yeah. Obviously, music was in my family with my mm-hmm. dad and stuff, so it was it was always there. You got you get the guitar every now and then for Christmas or whatever, just like a little tiny one, and um, I think my dad was uh, would always assume that probably in the same way that your dad wanted you to be a. a an athlete you know mm-hmm. because he was he loved his college and he loved his football and he loved you know what i mean like his sports so you kind of you kind of drop seeds of it around and see which mm-hmm. kids pick it up you know and i think that was sort of the same for my dad he wasn't really super into, into sports but um he you know he kind of kept dropping little hints of music around <laughs> and then i used to go to a guitar center with him every now and then and then I, <laughs> I think i saw like a young kid playing guitar and i was like oh that looks fun you know, and then he, I, th- I got, I think I went home that day and he was like, asked him to sh- show me how to play a Soundgarden song or something, you know what I mean? And, and that was it. I know. I'm, That's literally all it takes. You know, it's just all that it one takes. little moment. It's that, it's, don't you think it's like 12, 13 years old? Yeah. Like when you really start to kind of become obsessed with one thing? That's when it happens naturally. I think there are freaks that, uh, <laughs> and I mean that in like, I mean that in like a jealous way. Right. Like, I mean, like a Tiger Woods kind of freak, you mm-hmm. know, and who, at two years old, couldn't stop watching golf on TV. <gasps> Sorry, Vesper's coming into the studio. Everything okay? And, and we're back. <laughs> so our daughter just came down and told us that our dog had vomited all over our living room. <sighs> Yummy. Roger is like falling apart. Got a bad liver. You know what? That leads me to a really great question for you. Inspired by liver and vomit on a carpet? I mean, like, here we are in your studio just chatting. Yeah. And uh, I've got the ring on so I can see the front door. If anybody, child walks out, they come down here. The way our house is set up, it's sort of, we don't have a gate, right? Mm, right. So it's like, comes down the stairs, dog is vomited. How on earth... Do you feel like you find balance in your life? And I'm ta- I'm not even talking about like COVID times. Like, how do you feel like, and maybe you don't feel like you find balance, but. The, you mean work, work, family balance? How do you personally tackle the work, life, family balance? I haven't figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're getting through it. It's kind of the only way that I can describe it. And you just kind of make it work but it, it so far has not felt relaxed in any way like there's i think because of what i do uh creativity has no clock has no you know mm-hmm. like it's hard for me to just turn on and turn off and you know anyone who goes to an office or whatever has the excuse of like all right out i'll see you later mm-hmm. we've talked about this a lot in all yeah. these podcasts about the, uh, the idea of you could just turn off what you do and go home but like uh, when you have a creative job of any kind especially a lot of people in la where uh it, it doesn't ever go away the need to create and the, and when you aren't creating you feel like you are not doing a, your job 
which is weird because it could be mm-hmm. like 11 o'clock at night and you feel like if you're not writing something or practicing or whatever, then you feel like you're not um, holding up your end of the bargain a little, you know? Mm-hmm. But then... Like the bargain you've made with yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like this is what I've chosen to do with my life. This is how I make money. And and in, uh, in most creative jobs, you, you, uh, you're you ultimately trying to make something that will make you money for a long time for like in a, in a financial way like mm-hmm. like you write a song and you're hoping that the royalties will come you know write a big song and you get checks for a long time or whatever or you're in a movie and you hope that it does really really well and get you know goes on to be uh uh syndicated on tv or you know whatever it is sure um so like the idea that like if you don't capture this idea at this moment it could it could cost you a lot in mm-hmm. a weird way you know it could, so, it could pass yeah and so the so most really uh let's let's just talk about music for example specifically but like most most writers i know um alex for example for example in phantom planet Mm -hmm. um he's a good example where he knows that if he doesn't go straight away if he has an idea in his head if he has to go and get up from dinner whatever like you know in a party with a bunch of people he knows that he has to go and record the idea really quick or else he's gonna not he's gonna be upset with himself that he didn't grab it when mm. it hit him you know and i'm trying to like so i'm trying to balance that sort of like urgency of like okay this thing has hit me mm-hmm. i need to get it um on top of the idea of trying to be a great husband <laughs> and a great father <laughs> like dealing with like the life that we have and a great son a great brother a, great a good bro- friend all of it you know like, yeah friend the friend was a really important mm-hmm. one too is like trying to remember to be friends to make sure you've kept your friendships up. Right. It's hard as you get older because you just have so many distractions, you know. But anyway, uh, so that combination of fear of like losing, an, a, and it's not just about money, but like a fear of losing something that could be great uh, mixed with, am I doing a good enough job as as a, a family? You know, like am I, am I holding up my end of the bargain as a dad and a husband, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really tricky. And I, I don't know if I've gotten it right yet, you know? I think I... I it, anytime I like one is going well. one usually dominates, you know what yeah. I mean? And when one dominates, the other suffers mm-hmm. and I don't know if there's a middle point. I think you just have to kind of roll with the fact that you're going to be creative a lot and your family's going to be a little bit upset with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, you know, like your family's going to, is kicking butt and you're, and you've, you're on it you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you're dad of the year, dad of the year. And I'm fixing shelves and, um, I'll, <laughs> going to the go, park. Par- yeah. yeah. Like i you know, you and I have date night. Totally. Like whatever, all this like that kind of stuff to just keep the mojo of your family up. Yeah. And then all the creativity has <laughs> gone. <laughs> so like it's, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Yeah. The, the quote work like life balance. Like I don't, I just, I don't know if it exists. I know. I, I've always wanted, we've, I've mentioned this. I've always, if I could ask Questlove one question, what would it <laughs> I'm be? like, I'm really obsessed with Questlove because he is, literally everywhere he does he's like a cooking show <laughs> he's like ryan seacrest yeah he's the sickest drummer ever i mean does he practice all the time yeah you know he's in a band he does the tonight show he's you know like there's so many things going on in his life what's his family life like you know like, mm-hmm. how does he manage to do it all you know but and then also just come off as genuinely happy but again mm-hmm. this goes back to what you were saying about influencers and instagram is it mo- we're only really seeing the positives most right. of the time there's v- only a handful of people really put their whole true self out there because it's scary so and it's you know it's not that um enticing i i I don't think so especially right now especially for the last year i don't think anyone really wants to harp on anything more negative than the situation already is that's true yeah i don't know that's a good point that's a really good point but there there was that um twitter i think we talked about this where that they studied twitter and they gave um, the happiness scale. Did we talk? Do you remember that conversation we had? Vaguely. They give they give a value to words. Oh no, I don't know this. No. Um, I think it was like this is a podcast I listened to, okay. Radio Lab or mm-hmm. Reply. Maybe it was Reply All. And mm, sorry, Reply no. All. We oh, miss God, you. <laughs> um, they give a, a a value to words, and and then they put them on the happiness sadness scale, mm. and so they can get a general idea. It's not, you know, whatever. It's theoretical, but um, they've done. They did. They basically like sampled millions and millions of users, mm-hmm. and they put all these words into this computer, and it like spat out the general state of the 
you, the world. Is this during COVID? This is for the last 10 years. Oh, okay. And it's steadily going down, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Like, the majority I mean, of, I'm not surprised. Yeah, of course. But yeah. the, and especially in the last year. But the majority of words are on the darker, sadder, uh, heavier sort of side of it and the happiness stuff. The only days that are actually usually positive that ha- that the the majority of a vocabulary is happy is on Christmas. Mm-hmm. And there was one other day. It's coming back to me, this part of this episode yeah. I have listened to. I don't know why I brought this up, but uh, anyway. Balance. I, balance, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, not surprising, but... But quite sad. I'm sure and I'm it, sure it coincides it coincides exactly with social media. It's a hundred percent. Obviously, so, Twitter. If you're yeah. saying ten years, I mean that's there you go. That's social media. I mean, we'll we'll post it somewhere. I'll try to find the article that they wrote. That was a good one. Yeah. How do you feel about your work family life? You know, the stuff that you love doing that I think you want to turn into a career actually coincides with with family, which in a weird way, like I think exactly. you, you want to be a chef. And podcasting, we're just talking to our friends and family about careers and stuff. And then I don't know if you even consider organizing something you really, really, really want to do in your mm-hmm. life. You're really good at it. And you, and, <laughs> but is there something else that's like, um, no, I think you're right. I think, um, I think the work life balance for me, you know, I know very clearly that I come from a place of, of great privilege where it is not required of me to, go to an office and work a job because you have provided a very beautiful life for us for a long time, for several years. And I know for the beginning of our marriage, I was, did more of that. Um, I had yeah, we were more both money, yeah. you know, um, at the beginning. So, you know, we've sort of like taken care of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, my income as an organizer or as a food blogger or as a, um, you know, designer in any sort of way is supplemental income, you know? And um, I have shockingly found great joy and pride in what I do with our family mm-hmm. life and our home life and with the purpose in cooking and sharing recipes with people. And um, obviously, I found great purpose in the last couple of years in my sobriety, um, which has just brought like a whole nother level of um, brightness to my life and to our life, I think. You would agree? I would agree. I I do think I've got the work-life balance thing or the, I feel like the balance in my life is, um, I feel very grounded. I feel very connected and not to be preachy, but I do, I do point to um my program a lot for that it's like free therapy on a daily basis yeah connecting with other people who you have a shared connection you know a shared um experience with and that is like the basis of like the human (laughs) experience for me so you know i think the thing i struggle the most with is probably as a wife as you probably know like not harboring resentment or jealousy Sure. towards your ability to check out more easily. And I don't mean check out as like a human. I mean, like you got to go to work. And sometimes I would just <sighs> love to be like, I got to go to work, yep. you know, and that is coming up. I just booked a huge job in, in a couple of weeks and I will be going to work and you will be daddy daycare for a week. And so yep. I think us pointing out to each other that that's important. It's just as important for me to work as it is for you to parent yeah and vice versa it's funny that just when you're just talking about it though i think you've you've got a third category that you balance better than serial killer no (laughs) (laughs) well we said work and family but there's a third category that i would put in which is your personal self care Mm -hmm. which uh, i don't think a lot of people put in their own life you know what i mean i think it, it maybe just happens naturally for a lot of people but i think you've actually made it a very specific point to uh get what you need your own time uh even even if it means going to dinner with some mm-hmm. your friends or whatever but like you you need to get away from the family from work and and do something else which i think everyone needs to do mm-hmm. um and i i am bad at that like i i, I think most guys at least guys in my life are mm-hmm. bad at being okay with working on themselves well i think you guys struggle with talking about your feelings we do yeah it's i mean that's, that's a very obvious thing mm-hmm. to say and i think most people know that but uh it's very specifically though i struggle with um setting 
dates with my guy friends. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like we, I, I, COVID has made it particularly difficult because, mm-hmm. you know, you can set up a poker game or, you know, you tr- travel, you go to Vegas, whatever the guys all do, you know. Yeah, that's what you that's guys what we, do. That's what we do and we're stupid. But it's not like you guys um, sit around in a circle and talk about, you know. No, no. What uh, yeah. <laughs> the fight you got in with your wife over. No, we, we go, that stuff happens, but that, but that only happens once we go. In, right. You know. We need an. We we don't. We're not good at finding the excuse to do this. Right. And girl, and you and your friends are very good at it. You're like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna do the dinner. We're gonna well, do this. We're gonna. Yeah, go. I think you're right. So, I think I. I don't know if it's a female thing. Probably more so than it, male. It may not be. I'm just. But I do think I have definitely prior prioritized not over my family. No, for no, sure. No, I didn't take it that way. But I have prioritized um, self care. Yeah. Actually, I should say over family. I have to if I am not well. Um, then your family suffers. Yeah. Then everybody suffers, yeah. and I don't mean that I'm like the anchor, but maybe a little bit. If I'm not feeling well, like uh, I, I really, this is not like a sobriety podcast, I swear, no. but that is a huge part of my life. And if if I prioritize my program, and that means connecting with other people, that means people outside of the program. That means like making sure I'm like physiologically like bouncing energy off of other human beings that aren't my husband and kids. Yeah. That just makes me, I'm just better. I'm a better person and I feel better. Um, I am one of those people who like requires connection. Yep. (laughs) Um, With women. It's really, really vital to me. And I am very lucky to have just a outrageous, like wildly large and, constantly evolving group of friends yeah um that i'm and i'm very proud of that yep. and so do you like you have an amazing I, I group of guy friends uh, yeah. so i love every single one of them you know and i think you guys are getting better at it maybe the older you get you're you're you guys i, I see some of those guys reading Brene brown <laughs> and tim ferris and listening to podcasts that are oh yeah we're all sensitive are, I, I i'm not yeah. saying that i just i just uh admire the the drive that you have to make sure that you spend some time with personal time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. I think it's, um, it's literally, it's imperative Yeah. to my sanity because motherhood is, um, very lonely. It can be really depressing. Yeah. Um, even if you are able to, um, beautifully continue working, you know, mm-hmm. either way, working, not working, like they're both hard. Yeah. Because you're working, then you have mom guilt. Yeah. You're not home. You're not raising your kids. You're uh, putting your career first. You're home. You're useless. You're not needed. You have no purpose other than like, here's my tit. <laughs> yeah. You know, here is, uh, you know, a book about puberty. Like, whatever it is, it's just yeah. a very, it's a rigid, difficult path for women. Um, dare I say, uh, different. I'll just say different. I won't say harder. I also just dropped my wedding ring and I can't find it. <gasps> Fucking getting divorced. No, I love that thing. Well, about? look, look for it. I'll keep talking. We'll keep talking. So, <laughs> just kidding. Where is? It? I did hear it fall. No, I heard it. Turn the don't worry about it. We'll I don't t- really we'll... like that wedding ring very much. Well, you I, love it. I love my wedding ring. Yeah. I know. You only get one. I, I mean, these people are like, oh, I'm going to buy a new one. No. But what if I bought you a new one? doesn't matter. It's not the ring that I put on <laughs> on the day of our wedding. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, what if we have a, what if we have a, fi- like, I really want to have a 15 year reunion in 2022. Okay. That's tw- that's our 15 year. Yeah. What if I got you a new ring? No. You don't, okay, you don't want one. I mean, I don't want one either. No, I'm just saying like, then it's just a new, then it's just a ring. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's true. That's the ring that I put on my finger the day oh, we got married. Like, really sweet. You want to melt it down and turn it into something else? We, no, that never works. But that won't work. No, that's really sweet. <laughs> it's like the most important symbol of. It's like you, you, the, your child will always be your child. Like you, no matter what you do, like that. You can't melt them down. And no. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good metaphor. Well, I just mean you still haven't found it. I still so. haven't found it, so maybe you do have to get me a new one. <laughs> it bounced off something. It bounced off uh, one yeah. of your many it, it, compressors or whatever those things are. So, as you can tell, just me and Steph this week talking about random stuff. We'll probably do this every six or seven episodes. 
talk about what we've learned from our guests so far, what we hope to learn in the future, or perhaps maybe you guys want us to ramble about something specific. So email us, workshoppingpod at gmail.com, or comment on our Instagram, direct message, whatever you feel like. Anyway, back to our rambling. Let's pretend for a second that you live in like a weird utopia. What does your like ideal day look like where you lay your head on the pillow at night and you're like, I did it. I, that was, wow. I like, I literally, I checked every box today and I feel really good about myself. What to you is like an ideal day? That's a moving target. Mm-hmm. There's days when I feel very good about doing nothing all day. And there's days that I can't do enough. Mm-hmm. What's happening in my life right now is there's so many things going on. Yeah. And I think I've always sort of wanted that uh, to be generating different, just different types of output and different relationships with people and seeing success in those. Um, where, so I, I can't get bored with any of them because they're constantly getting pulled in different directions you know like i don't think i'd be happy at all if i was only a songwriter you don't no i don't think i'd be happy at all if i was only a bass player well you only might, an artist you might be pretty happy if you were only a bass player i don't think so because i think i was only a bass player for a long time uh, like uh as an artist as an artist yeah yeah but i mean i i definitely have an itch to make sure i can provide for my, you know, our life and right. I mean, do you feel feel really money motivated? You can be, I want you to be really honest about this. Uh, yes, but it's not like a number that I want to hit or anything like that. It's just, I I just don't want to have to think about it. About money. Yeah. Cause it stresses me out. Mm -hmm. But don't you feel like it's been a, a great driver? That's the problem, isn't it? Like I think Mm -hmm. the most, most brilliant um, creative things that have ever happened are, are based on, in my opinion, are based on struggle um, and trying to continue that creativity once you've seen success is that's the hard part mm-hmm. for sure. So um, maybe it's been good that I, our life has been sort of like a roller coaster a bit. We have really good years, we have bad years, and and I don't really need. I don't know about you, how you feel, but I don't feel like I need much in my life in terms of materialistic things. Mm-hmm. It's more just about security and making sure that our kids get great educations and mm-hmm. um, that we live in a house that works. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, I don't. <laughs> how about we just live in a house? Uh, yeah, yeah, like, like a house. Yeah, a house that stands. That stands uh, you know what I mean? and has and four walls. That's in a neighborhood. And... That's a nice neighborhood, and yeah you feel safe. You know what I mean? Like that's all I've ever needed. I don't. Yeah. Like we, um, for, for a couple, you and I, who I felt like we, (laughs) we, I feel like we're really organized and we have, uh, we have a lot of shit and we keep getting rid of stuff too. And we keep getting rid of stuff and donating and we are very organized. Yes. But like we've, you like, I think you like, some materialistic comforts. I think for sure you like your cool couch or what, you know, that's a cool table. Or good, <laughs> cool couch. I don't know, whatever it is like you like, you, yeah, you've got a bit of interior designer thing going on just based probably because of your mom. But I just, yeah, I just think, uh, well, I think after you've been alive for X amount of years, I mean, we're, we have combined over 80 years of, le- <laughs> of yeah, life between so the two of us, you know? So like, that's a lot of time to accumulate things. Yeah. What's your perfect day? I think my perfect day, there are too many things. I don't think there is enough time in daylight for me to describe a perfect day. At least it feels that way. Yeah. There are so many things that I wish I could get done in a day. But, I mean, if I was cutting it down, I'd probably... Perfect day is a really good night's sleep. Waking up kind of uninterrupted by children in some sort of quiet romantic way mm-hmm. <laughs> and then a giant thing of coffee i'd probably go to a meeting an all women's meeting preferably i would somehow get in a crazy exercise maybe not crazy maybe like a really good yoga class um somebody else makes breakfast and deals with the children mm-hmm. are we i guess it's a weekend this sounds like a weekend so then well, i took it as a a weekday actually. That's okay, so let's say it's a weekday. They're very different things. Yeah. <laughs> so about the whole like 
a.m. sex thing might not happen on a weekday, but that's okay. We'll just pretend like <laughs> okay. it's a Tuesday. <laughs> hey, that it can happen anytime you want. Just <laughs> Any day of the week. <laughs> um, the kids are at school. We get them to school. Got the workout in. I can spend three to four hours doing something creative, whether it's the podcast, cooking, taking pictures, writing about it, yeah, um, developing something a recipe or a blog post or just something that is that I get to like put out into the world that that's like my vulnerability practice like mm-hmm. a really good lunch um reading I've got to be able to read every day in the sun um if it's raining that's fine too but in a chair outside somehow which we have a great yard for that yeah and then hold on I'm not done with my thought my yeah, day I keep going let's I'm inspiring you aren't I um, no, I just had a good comment for it. But so yeah. we got the outdoor walk. We got a red window coffee at some point okay. in the day. It's so amazing to me that, by the way, that nowhere in this day is there like a bottle of wine <laughs> anymore. Yeah. It's such a, such a miracle. Yep. And then like, truly, like the day has already been so good by now that I don't even need a date night. But if we're going to go there, then somebody else picks up the kids Somebody brings them home. I mean, this does not happen, by the way. But mm. I mean, I get to like love on them. I make them a really good dinner. Then you and I get ready. We wear clothes that are not tie-dyed sweatsuits or Lululemon. And we like actually get to go to dinner. And then we get to go to a movie. And then we get that brownie sundae at McConnell's after. That's a good one. And I don't gain any weight. So that's my perfect day. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just was laughing as you were talking about all that in my head because when you asked me what the perfect day is, and this is a truly a mm-hmm. statement towards me, is I my brain went to what do I want to create uh-huh. and, and in what order. And you went to how do I take care of myself. And my family. And your family. Okay, so you have, you got an Emmy, a sports Emmy. For a song you wrote with Andy Grammer, mm-hmm. Don't Give Up On Me, for a sports documentary, and you received an Emmy for it. Yes. So you have an Emmy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like the least likely award that you Ever. would win Ever. out of the, the the EGOT or whatever. Totally. Right? Yeah, that was a random one. The least likely. So now, do you feel like- I want to go for all of them? You're going for all of them? Definitely. Okay. It's not going to happen, but it'd be well, awesome. Uh, well, that's a really negative way to look at it. You know, you know who you married. I know. Debbie Downer. Uh, no, you're not Debbie Downer. No, look at it as like... Self-doubter. I like to look <laughs> at... Uh, I would much rather be surprised <laughs> later. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're very, you're very realistic. <laughs> I'm realistic, yes. I am like, a, my head's in the clouds. Yeah, you get angry when people don't... <laughs> Uh, are more positive and um, believe in themselves. Believe in themselves. Yeah, you actually it pisses you off. It does piss me yeah, off. It's, it's kind of great. I also I get pissed off at you and you're financially insecure. Sure. I'm like, look, it has always worked out, which is not the way to live one's life. No, but, but you're right, <sighs> and we've been we've been very lucky and doing okay. But yes, what else you got? You're so much more prepared than me. I usually just wing this. I love that PJ calls you details. Yeah. You get lost in the he details. Call, he, started, he started calling me that like probably the second week we were hanging out. Like almost straight away. But I mean, that's that's why you and I are really good for each other. You've always been able to see the, sort, of, sort of a bigger picture than mm-hmm. me. You think? You, you have the ability to hear, for example, like hear a song as a whole. I've lost that ability a bit, you know. Songwriting is weird. I I, I am um, I identified so much with Billie Eilish and her documentary. She's like so good. Hates writing songs. Yeah, I hate writing songs. I think that's why I just so averted from being um, in a band. I mean, I love you love performing. Performing. Though. I love singing. I love pretending that I know how to play the piano, but I. Sitting, I don't know. I mean, with you, it's different. I think we have fun writing in here sometimes when sure. we've done it. But it's to me, it's just a very painful process. I don't know how you do it. 
I really don't know how you do it on Zoom. It's not fun. It does not seem, and I know our goal is to get you back working with people in person. We're close. Yeah, I think that's where my this whole conversation about creativity was really like sparked for me is just thinking about how you come to your studio and you're like, all right, it's time to be creative. Like it doesn't work that way, but sometimes it kind of has to. Sometimes you got to force it. And my brother's doing the thing right now where he, even if he's having a bad day, he just forces himself to work on something for 10 minutes, just opens the session up, mm-hmm. make, tries to make a beat for 10 minutes. If after 10 minutes he's not feeling it, he stops. It's really But smart. like nine times out of 10, he's like catches that catches the buzz and he keeps going, you know? And like, that's yeah. basically how it is for me too. Like mm-hmm. the motivation to get started is always harder than to continue. I think that's probably the same for most people like that are doing something that they enjoy, but you know, maybe they just don't have the motivation that morning or whatever. You just got to get going. It's, 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 it's got to be started, the same you know? for most creative um, endeavors. It's like, it's just the blank page fear. Yeah. If you, I, it, the way you describe it, I literally like, I got a, a very like visual image of you just sitting at this desk and like you're here for 10 minutes and literally like a, laser beam falls out of the sky and it hits you yeah and you're like, okay it, i got it it hit me and then you're stuck in that chair for hours well, for me yeah and i mean that in a good way like it yeah. hits you like that because it because you sat down and you allowed you it tried yeah to come in yeah and i think that's that's what goes back to what we we're saying about alex uh mm-hmm. going off in the middle of a party and just getting a couple of ideas down is those are the things that you grab onto when you don't have anything. Like when I sit down on this computer and I'm like, I got nothing. I reach into my phone and I scroll through all my voice memos. And sure enough, there's gotta be, there's gonna be one thing in there <laughs> that I'm like, okay, that's enough. I can do that. That you know? is so that's, so. that's like really great advice actually for anybody yeah. who's creative or struggling to like start something. I mean, Jesus, you look at your career, look at Alex Greenwald's career. Like he's gotta be one of the greatest songwriters ever. Yeah. And you as well, obviously. That was goes without saying. Yeah, I mean all the people that in my life that are are exceptional at that kind of stuff have always been able to just be be willing to be like, you know what? I got to go. Mhm. Sorry. Mhm. Like that Lin-Manuel Miranda thing was great. His uh Song Exploder. Yeah, he was on Song Exploder and he was saying that he he literally had like an hour ride to some friend's party in mm-hmm. Brooklyn from New York. And I over the course of the hour, he got stuck in traffic and he wrote a whole chorus for Hamilton or something. He's like, we're gonna, yeah, what song was it? I can't remember what it was. Um, he got, he got, got to the guy's party and he's like, shook his hand and he's like, I'm sorry, I gotta go home. I have this idea and I gotta do it. And he turned around and he drove an hour back and he- Was it uh, wait for it? Wait no, for it, yeah. It was. Yeah. I'm willing to wait for it. Yeah, so oh, that's inspiring. You know, like you need to hear that kind of stuff that, because mm-hmm. you, I don't know, I've always thought that that sort of stuff was- exaggeration or whatever mm-hmm. but it's true totally true or I, just words i'll jump like, out of the shower a lot yeah soaking wet grab my phone thank god it's waterproof <laughs> and sh- scream stuff and i nine times out of ten i can't even hear what i'm saying yeah. you know but i'll catch a little piece of it and then when i listen to it again later i'm like okay i got a little thing and yeah it's yeah. like it's that thing is like we've all had you've all, we've all well maybe not all but i would i think most people have written something amazing in their dream Oh God, and, so many times. Oh, and you wake up and you're like, I it's, it's gonna win every award and oh, I'm a I, genius. I never remember it. That's my problem. But you have you ever remember like the things? Absolutely that you, not. Yeah, no. Never, never, never. But that the notion that that shit is inside of you, that's pretty encouraging. De- I definitely believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That our brain is just full of so much shit. So much shit. And being able to remember it is the problem. Or like kiss it awake. You know, yeah. somehow Russell Brand is <laughs> fascinating to me. He had some, um, I follow him on Instagram, so he was preaching about something yesterday, but he did have a really incredible metaphor for uh, that fairy tales. Like he was talking about Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty is, is, is obviously not about like a young girl who is, you know, awoken by a prince by a kiss and falls in love and her deep spell is... It's more, it's this deeper allegory, obviously, of like that everything that that we need is already inside of us, right? And that when you're willing to sort of like 
love yourself enough to kiss yourself awake out of the spell. Oh. I know that they're in everything that you need is already sort of within you. So sounds very cheesy. No, I believe that. But I love. I've really loved that metaphor, allegory, yeah. whatever you want to say. But I would contrast that with um, mm-hmm. you can't uh, something along the lines of you can't write any good lyrics if you're not reading anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? totally. Like that that kind of line, you know. You got so nothing you got, to pull from. Yeah, if you got nothing to pull from, you're not going to get it. Yeah. yeah, I always feel so much more um, well spoken, or just like my brain works better. I speak better, I communicate better when I'm reading, and also when I'm listening to podcasts. Yeah. And listening to music, but mainly when I'm reading. You read a lot. I, I do now that I can stay up at night and read late, you know? So, all right. So I got a question for you. I'm trying to think of some fun ones as we're sitting here. but Okay. We should probably uh, get that work-life balance yeah. <laughs> back on track. Would you rather write a... Sorry. Would you rather have a successful novel or a successful cookbook? Ooh, that's a good question. Because you're a good writer. I still feel like there's a one or both of those inside of me. I know there is. I just I question of which one you'd rather more. I think maybe the question is which one would I rather write first? That's a better answer. Um, I think, or better question. Better question. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> my initial, like my knee jerk reaction is a cookbook. Well, just sounds like so much can, more fun. Yeah, and you can your descriptive writing would suit it perfectly. And I, yeah, and I got to tell you, like, there's some cookbooks out there that are they're not just they're not cookbooks. They're second to none writing. Yeah, they're almost non, they're nonfiction more than cookbooks, aren't they? Totally. <laughs> yeah, they're memoirs with pictures of food and recipes and stories, like really incredible yeah. storytelling and like incredible yeah, writers, like totally Anthony right. Bourdain and Ruth Reichel are two of like the best writers of all time in my opinion would you disagree in, in that your ultimate goal is to be like a female anthony bourdain i mean isn't everybody's <laughs> goal to just be anthony oh. bourdain i mean but that's, that kind of covers everything that i think you love like well you would think so in theory like yeah his life sounds great clearly was not do you know what i mean yes like that's he's like the original in- influencer in my life like yeah. yes i want to go all the places that he went and eat all the food and write all the words but at what cost you know like no friends no family life really no personal connection but so, but that's his his he had a dark past he had you know, right so i think to me like that perfect or i shouldn't even say perfect like a really ideal life style and like sort of squeezing work in there because it won't feel like work is yeah, sort of like a like I feel like Rachel Ray has the ideal uh, job. Not Stanley Tucci. Oh shit, man, that show. <laughs> well, he's you know taken Bourdain's spot. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. But I don't have the metabolism of a sixteen-year-old like he does. I'd be yeah, seven hundred pounds. He literally says like I have the metabolism of a sixteen-year-old, so I can do this. Um. No, I think I, I think I've I know that my um, I'm a homebody. I know that touring is really hard for me. I think traveling six m- months out of the year would be very very difficult for me. I love my own sheets and my pillow and my bed, and I love my kids and I love being home. So I think like having a a show where you get I get to do all the things I love, which is yeah. cook and talk. <laughs> and. I mean, shit, Kelly Clarkson's got a show and she cooks and talks and she sings. Yeah, that's true. That's a pretty good. She's cute. I love her. I know. I want. We got to get Jess Collins on here. She's great. She's great. She was. She, she would sing the higher harmony on Kelly Clarkson, which Jesus. is just crazy to me. Jesus. So yeah, I think um, I'd love to write a cookbook. That 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 is something. I mean, I've you know I've got like seven versions of one started. So I probably should. Uh, sit down and let the lightning bolt strike me it's gonna start i know i think once um our children are back in school perhaps perhaps all of us with kids will um sort of feel like we got like a we get like a little bit of a second chance right now to reinvent ourselves you know really take advantage of the windows of time we get to ourselves and as a couple and you know yeah 
there's a lot to look forward to, I think, in the near future. I mean... I mean, minus the impending doom that certain people keep talking about, but... I don't feel that way at all. I'm obviously very concerned about the world, and I know it's in a lot of trouble, but I, mm-hmm. de- I, I totally disagree with Alex Goldman. I think it's possible for us to turn this around, but... Me too. You gotta have the right people in power. Mm-hmm. Leading us in good ways. I like to hear your um, positive take... Yeah, the world. I, I tend to be kind of dark, but I don't feel like the world's going to end. Not today or tomorrow, which is really all that matters. Yeah. Every day. Every day is a gift, Sam. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. All right. You want to help me find my wedding ring? Yes. Let's look for that wedding ring. All right. You got an updated version of success? I guess we've been talking about it for the last hour. Well, after what we've learned from our first round of interviews. <laughs> yeah. An updated version of success. Well, yeah, what are your favorites so far that people have said? Um, well, I mean, everyone's idea of success, I think, is was really good. Was really good. I, I loved Simran's idea of personal success, contentment, which right? was personal contentment. I mean, that is like uh, that answer to me sums up just a person who has like total clarity on who she is. You know what I mean? And that's, like a peace within yeah. that is really striking and empowering. Yeah. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think my favorite so far has been Shappies, which is mm-hmm. a moving target. Yeah, and you said that earlier. Yeah, and it may it it lands so well with you. Yeah. For me, though, I do know. Um, I always my I've always said like one of my favorite quotes is that Telemachus quote: "To strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield," <laughs> which is so true. I really do. I that is sort of how I feel about success is that. We truly will never arrive. Like arriving is, uh, I will arrive when I'm fucking dead. Yeah. And I mean that in, in the most positive way ever. Like I will strive, I will seek, I'll find just the, the, the most beautiful joy and happiness and, pers- and, and purpose. And then it's on to the next thing. Yeah. Not to yield. Amen. Damn. All right. I love you. Let's find your wedding right. ring. Let's go. Okay. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And send us any thoughts, discussion topics, workshoppingpod at gmail.com. I did find my wedding ring, by the way. It was on the back of my chair. See you next week. <laughs>